Blackhawks fans, welcome in to season five, episode nine of the Four Feathers podcast. It's Giannani cracking them alongside Ron Luce. My friend, how are you doing? Johnny, it was uh, it was a crazy week. Had some some business to take care of in the old city for a few days. Um, but it feels good to be back talking Blackhawks, back on the microphone and just back to some sense of normalcy. Uh, of my schedule so cheers buddy weekend yep. starts on thursday how you doing good good yes weekend starts on thursday ron we're here for hawks happy hour good to be here with you as always we missed you on tuesday tony and i were out at the game against the boston bruins blackhawks uh unfortunately lost that one but it was still a good time we missed you though we had a beer or two tree for you there uh, i can guarantee you that i appreciate that well don't worry it'll uh our paths will cross plenty i i hope so certainly at the uc this year It'll yeah be, i think uh, a lot of people might be wondering dozens actually might be wondering did ron get traded to bulls on tap here you were yeah. in you were not at the uc for the hawks game on tuesday yeah. but then last night you appear for the bulls home opener what's going on there i think i think i got confused with my days johnny because i showed up expecting blackhawks <laughs> hockey and i got what was what ended up being a trash Bulls performance, as you heard from our friends over at Bulls on Tap last night. So, right. uh, no, it was uh, it was a special occasion thing. It was planned weeks in advance, and just so happened to work out. But uh, yeah, we uh, we got to the UC once this week, but it wasn't for the preferred sport. Let's just say that. All right, all right, good, good. Glad you cleared that up. You're still on four feathers here, and as you can see, obviously Always. on the episode here. Um, before we get started, a little housekeeping. Make sure you're subscribed on Tap Sports and on YouTube so your comments can show up like our guy Skokes and Kirk Zappa right here underneath here. I can only do that through YouTube or Facebook, though. So Twitter people, we love you. Go over, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, drop your comments in during the live stream, and we can feature them like so. As always, follow us on socials at Four Feathers Pod and at Ontap Sportsnet. And check out ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports, literature, and podcasting needs. Ron, tight on time tonight. Let's run it right into it. Uh, talk 3-0 loss to the Bruins on Tuesday. Unfortunately, probably one of the most ins- uninspiring efforts of the season besides that Colorado one there. Um, there was a momentum shift early in this game. Uh, I know we're going to get to that, but, you know, uh, the, the that's the thing that's just on my mind. The Connor Bedard offside goal. We had an unbelievable view of it sitting down behind that goal um, that the Hawks shoot twice at. Obviously, that was in the first period. And this offside that Athens used, skate blade is barely over the edge of the blue line 20 seconds prior. Barely had a you know impact on the play, but Bruins challenge it. Goal comes back, and Hawks were never able to get anything going after that. Thoughts on the uh, offside itself? Because that became a big topic of discussion amongst national media and local here too. Yeah, you know that offside it sucks, and I, I get it. It's a part of you know, it, it's a part of the game, and it, you can't really challenge a play when plays in action, and it's it's this weird like ah you know you got to wait for a whistle, but. It's, you know, that's why the video coaches get paid to be video coaches. That's why Matt Meacham's had a job with the Chicago Blackhawks since I can remember. Like, I think he was like fresh out of college when he started as the Hawks video coach. And now he's been here ever since. I mean, there's a reason these guys are part of the game. It's instances like that where if you can take a competitive advantage of what's allowed, which is a review just like that, it, it can really swing the momentum, Johnny. And I think you put it perfectly like Bedard scores, the UC goes nuts, people are excited, it's original six matchup, and then you negate that goal and it just feels like it zapped the energy out of not only the, the guys on the ice, but the building itself. Right, our guy uh, Skokes has a comment, still absolutely livid that the goal is reversed, so many evidence uh, to not overturn that, absolutely killed the game for me. Yeah, that's how it felt, uh, energy got sucked out of the United Center. Ron, I will say a new meme was born though, there's this kid who was just tongue out, thumbs down, 
I like that. And they showed him every single time a, a call went against the Hawks, like whenever you get a penalty or something like that. Um, and then when he was trying to cheer him up, you know, like give like the thumbs up. So meme was born out of that, but unfortunately it was because of a dart goal was waved off. And, you know, it, it was such a pretty goal too, because it was a bad turnover by who was that Charlie Coyle there in the defensive mm-hmm. zone on the penalty kill. Um, Bedard just had it on a tee with nobody within like 20 feet of him. So uh, it wasn't an absolute snipe. And he did the little caner celly. Your, your thoughts on that here. Let's uh, do, do a little salt shaker early here. Cause someone, some, yeah, some, some people got a little salty about that. A little salty. <laughs> at least people's I, reactions to it. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I said it. I said it outright. I, I knew it what it was, but how cool would it be? A little meatball take, you know, that, that was Connor Bedard's way of being like, oh, hey, I see you, Kaner. It'd be nice to see you uh, back in an Indian head sweater since you're still a free agent. I know everybody's, they're not coming back to the black horn. <laughs> Everybody sounds like what's her face from Big Mouth. It's yeah. absolutely brutal. I get it. I, I, I get it, folks. But, like, just, you know what? We're in a rebuild. Just let Hawks fans have fun with it. And and that's right. what I was trying to have some fun with it. And, of course, yeah. you, got, you got everybody in the comments saying, well, but, you know, he's not coming back to the Black Yeah, they moved on. I'm like, yeah, he is. And they're like, wrong, you Brussels sprout. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the kind of commentary brought up. I, I just think it was a cool homage to Patrick Kane because uh, hey, even if that goal didn't count and obviously it won't like show up on like official highlight reels and stuff, the video still exists because you know it happened after like the twenty second you know delay there, dirty. and we're still gonna have that gift. So we can make a gif of the you know the little uh, f- finger guns like celebration that Bedard did as he went down to a knee celebrating towards the boards there. All right, that was about it though. That was positive from this game, I guess. Kurt, Phil Kershev returning from IR, uh, that was good to see, and he was pre- pretty effective. He was pretty active in that game. Um, but Ron, uh, other than this, you know, Blackhawks get out shot forty three to twenty three. Um, they let it get away in the third period. A couple of bad turnovers. Perry, especially, I think Boris Kachuk got bullied through on one play as well there, um, and basically could have been a bloodbath if it wasn't for Peter Mrazek stopping uh, forty of the forty-three shots that he saw. Johnny, would would you have believed this early in the season that we would have talked it in positive light about Peter Mrazek this many times? No. We're not even ten games in, and I think we've we've mentioned him in at least what four of these games, being like Peter Mrazek was the reason this wasn't a blowout. Right. Soderblooms had those too. I mean, yeah, goaltending's right look good. Of it a couple times, but yeah, right, yeah. Overall, you have to go and look at the save percentages and uh, goals against averages. But um, you know, they, they are keeping them in games, which we thought would be you know an area of weakness or at least growth in terms of Soderblom, and then you as you've dubbed him the perfect tank goalie peter morazic well he's not he's, that's not the issue here it's just the fact that the hawks are playing an absolute gauntlet as we sort of broke down on our episode on monday so um that about wraps it up from uh you know tuesday's game action itself let's talk reaction to it and uh chad luke richardson after the game he was not happy one might say he was pissed for the first time this year, at least publicly. Uh, I'll, I'll read his quote off here, Ron. You can react. I'm kind of, at this point, tired. One year is enough of we're a hardworking team. We want to push for more this year. We start off with good intention, but I find other teams not outwork us, work us ethic-wise, but the hardness of the work. Physical, one-on-one battles. We've got to work on that. They sure as hell did that with an intense practice today on Thursday. Yeah, they did. And you know what? I, I am here for CLR getting pissed off. Like, it... I don't want to say it's about time because I don't think that's the right way to say this. 
I think it's about time in the sense it feels perfectly timed, Johnny, in the sense of, like, like he said, last year, they're a hardworking team. They're establishing the hashtag culture, hashtag TWTW, hashtag grit, right? That's, that's being established in that 2022-23 campaign. But now it's about taking a step forward. It's about beating teams in those one-on-one battles. It's about being physical. Just because Luke Richardson's system is a fast system does not mean it's not a physical system either. And kudos to, to Richardson for saying, hey, I didn't like that outcome. I'll tell you right now, I can think back to my time as an athlete, especially in high school. I could tell three specific instances from my, my freshman year of football where we played like shit and got beat up in that next practice. Just physical, hard shit you don't want to do. But guess what? We responded. We came out that next week and kicked the shit out of whoever we played. I hope the Blackhawks have that exact same type of momentum. And good on – I love the – adding to the, the the quotes here, Johnny, Connor Bedard's reaction. He's like, I loved it. Right. It was fun. We were playing hockey. This feels like a game situation. The ultimate competitor. This dude's a stone-cold killer at 18. He, he loved it. And you know what? I hope they yeah. come out tomorrow – in this early weird kind of time zone game for really everybody involved Mm -hmm. and just give the golden Knights the hardest game of their season so far. Right. Yeah. I'm really hoping for that too. And I like the reaction, not just Bedard. I think you summed him up perfectly, but Nick Foligno too. He was talking about these are the type of practices we should expect. Uh, We should expect this level of compete there. And white Kaiser all also commented on it. Uh, And Kaiser and Bedard had themselves a little uh, tussle in front of the net, but all in good uh, competition, especially when you're shortening the ice, like uh, in some of the drills that they were doing to establish battles there. So, so I like the reaction from it. I think this team will uh, at least respond in, in terms of their, you know, the hardness of their work as Richardson sort of outlined there. I also don't know if that's going to result in a W just because the opponent that they have, we're going in to Sin City. Great ACDC song, by the way, but that's also the title of this episode. Uh, and like you'd mentioned, talking about that matchup on Friday, a little happy hour uh, action there. So uh, let's talk about this lineup, though, because it was shuffled again in Thursday's practice. I'll read them off. You give your reaction here. Nick Foligno, Connor Bedard, Philip Kershev up on top line, uh, Dickinson, Reichel, Radish on the second line, Tyler Johnson, Ryan Donato, Corey Perry on the third, and Boris Kachuk. Uh, Mackenzie Entwistle centering that fourth group with Reese Johnson flanking on the right side there did not the reporters did not give pairs today but I would presume that they were the same as they were during the game uh, on Tuesday night so Ron there's a notable name missing who is among the extras here obviously you got Colin Blackwell he's still coming back from a lower body Taylor Hall is out shoulder injury we talked about the impact of his injury on Monday there's a double a man missing from this group thoughts on it is Andre Seth and a you in the doghouse I'll just come out and ask you that you know, I don't know, Johnny. I, I really don't. And I know we were talking about it internally as a group here at Four Feathers uh, a little bit earlier today. And I, I, I know you and, and Mr. Marchese uh, kind of proposed this. And I, I don't necessarily think he is, Johnny. I really think this is a, a moment of just trying to give the lineup a different look. Because if you look at that lineup right now, top to bottom, there's a lot of physicality built into that lineup. I think Luke Richardson has looked at the lineup and said, hey, I can put Felino and, and Kurashev, who, you know, Kurashev's a little more balanced, but obviously Felino, you know, that gritty kind of hardworking forward. Connor Bedard can carry an offense by himself. We've, we've kind of seen it already so far this season. Obviously, the, the numbers aren't there necessarily to support it, uh, but the chances certainly are. And then throughout the rest of the lineup, it's it's it kind of feels like it's a little breed of skill mixed with toughness. And in order to get all the toughness, in my opinion, that they have on this roster right now in the lineup, that at least is healthy, minus Colin Blackwell, you have to, somebody has to come out in order for Entwistle and Reese Johnson to both be in the game. And right now, 
you know, AA hasn't really been producing. Maybe he's in the doghouse for that reason. I don't think it's for anything stupid per se. You know, it's not missing a team meeting or shit like that. I don't think that's AA, but maybe it is just, hey, you haven't been producing. We need to be physical against this Golden Knights team on Friday. We're just going to shake it up, give it a different look, and kind of hit the reset button. That's what it feels like to me, Johnny. All right, that's a fair fair uh, analysis of it, Ron. And I agree that maybe what Luke Richardson is going for, and as much praise as I like to give, Chad Luke Richardson here um, on this show. I'll go against him here and say that this is a bad decision because uh, a lineup that is already without Taylor Hall um, was already lacking up top offensively. And sure, once again, you are playing high quality opponents, undefeated opponents. Let's just call it what they are. Top top tier of the league opponents here. But if you're going to keep up with them, those teams are going to score goals. Even if you play a really sound game, I would guarantee the Vegas Golden Knights still score two to four goals on Friday, right? Boston Bruins scored three goals on you on uh, thir- on Tuesday, and it took big goaltending performance to it. You need that firepower in there, especially if Taylor Hall is not going to be in there. You need Andreas Athanasiu's speed to be able to maybe get a break chance, a rush chance. Um, yeah. And, you know, you got Philip Kershev in there. I know he and uh, Reichel and Kershev all had good chemistry at some point last year. So if Kershev, you know, they, they said they're going to ease him back into the lineup. Well, guess what? After one game starting on the third line, he's back up to the top. I would go and reunite that whole line, too, because maybe that jump starts Lucas Reichel there. That's where I differed from Luke Richardson, but I'm also not behind the bench. Fair. And you know what? I think tomorrow's morning skate might be indicative of that because I'm sure they're going to have a morning skate before that game. Well, actually, maybe not because of the time change and everything. So, right. yeah, it's early. you know, I, I would keep an eye out, Johnny. Maybe there's a world where Athens CU still sneaks into the lineup, and maybe today was truly just a let's get the physical lines out there so they can beat the shit out of each other in practice. But, uh, you know, it, it, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Athens CU's speed is one thing that this roster does not have a lot of right now besides Connor Bedard, and I think at times we've seen it with a guy like Lucas Reichel. It would be nice to have that in the lineup. But like I said, I, I really, it just feels like he's trying to give it a different look. I can promise you right now, though, Johnny, if they come out and it's, you know, 6 2 and he's looking and going, shit, we needed that AA speed, he'll be back in the lineup on Monday night. Right. Yeah. And I, even if FNSU does get a healthy scratch on Friday, I would assume that he would be back in there regardless of the outcome on Monday against Arizona. I don't think that's a guy that you're going to keep on the bench for very long. Um, you know, it kind of sucks for some of those depth guys like your Reese Johnson's and your Mackenzie Entwistle's of the world, but Hey, maybe it's time for Reese Johnson to come out. Maybe they've liked what he's shown the last couple of games, but I don't know that that, that would just be uh, you know, if you're just looking for a little bit more jolt there, because guess what, you know, you can talk about the hard work and all of this kind of stuff, but some of those issues can just be masked if you put the puck in the back of the net. You know what I'm saying? It's like winning cures all, like, you know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of mentality. But, well, scoring just helps cure. And sure, you still got to be responsible in your own end and through the middle of the ice and the neutral zone and stuff like that. I totally understand that. And if ethnicity is lacking in those areas, maybe that, you know, this a scratch here would be his punishment for that. But you just can't go that long without it, especially if you do end up dropping this game to Vegas here. It's going to be okay. You're playing a Coyotes team that is finally not an opponent that's the top of the, you know, cream of the crop, so to say. Um, so you'd probably want to take advantage of that uh, on their little college rink there on Monday night. So th- that's just thoughts uh, on the lineup here. So we'll see how it shakes out when the Hawks hit the ice for Friday. Uh, that kind of happy hour time zone uh, game uh, with that 5 p.m. start. Let, let's go, Ron. We're going quick hitter on the show. Quick hitter. We're, go, we're going through this quickly, but uh, ruffle some feathers. You, 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 you've, you've got one here. Let's hear it. 
I do, Johnny. And, you know, I'm going to say it and it's going to ruffle everybody's feathers, but bear with me for the context here. I'm over the rebuild. And here's why I say that. Connor Bedard needs help. It's very, very clear that, you know, especially now with Taylor Hall being on the lineup, I think that even amplifies the need. I think with Hall there, you could have made the argument that, okay, they can get by. They got that one skill guy playing with him and kind of a rotation of whomever gets the other side. But right now without Taylor Hall, which now is feeling like week to week again, right? He, he miraculously came back and now has had a further setback. They need to get him some kind of help. And, and that was kind of where that meatball Patrick Kane take came from. Sure. Okay. Maybe they're not going to bring Patrick Kane in, but Johnny, you know what they can do? There's a lot of guys on the free agent market that could come in on a dirt cheap deal for one season that aren't going to take away. Cause here's the difference, right? The forward group is pretty set in stone. This isn't, Oh, we got to groom young guys. You got, you got one young guy to groom and his name's fucking Connor Bedard. One guy, number 98. That's it. The defense, different animal. I want Kevin Korchinski playing every night and guys like Wyatt Kaiser. And if he's up Isaac Phillips and, you know, and Alex Vlasic, that's a totally different ball game. But Johnny, if a guy, and again, this is not me trying to say like, oh, he's the answer. But just as an example, if a 25-year-old Kiefer Bellows who needs a change of scenery came in or an older Josh Bailey wanted to play on a, a, a easy contract, or maybe even a Phil Kessel wanted to come in on a contract. None of those guys are taking away from anybody. That's worth a shit, right? Just give him something because if Connor Bedard's putting pucks in the back of the net and dishing the pucks to guys that are putting pucks in the back of the net, you know what that does? Builds his confidence. You know what happens when you have a confident generational talent like Connor Bedard? He goes on a fucking heater, and then we can right. really start to enjoy a rebuild season of Blackhawks hockey, and that's okay. But right now, he has no support, and the the support for the future is a few years away. Yeah. So either they got to go do something that's completely short-term for just this season, or maybe KD gets a little creative and, and finds a way to add somebody now that maybe needs a change of scenery, but is a highly skilled player that could benefit from playing with a guy like Connor Bedard that doesn't require you to, to deposit a ton of future assets as well. Right. I, I support the rebuild, but Johnny get number 98, some fucking help now, especially with Taylor right. Hall. And, week to week. and it's only going to help those efforts going forward. If you build, boost that confidence right now and have competent, you know, wingers around him and, you know, who knows, maybe Taylor Hall is just that sort of what, um, he misses just that like week or the seven days that are necessary. But what if it's longer term than that? Then I think it really comes into play what you just mentioned there. And I wouldn't take completely off the table. I know it's been quiet on that front for probably about the better part of like five days now. But Connor Garland, guy you had mentioned uh, on yep. last week's uh, edition of Ruffles and Feathers. So, um, yep, I agree too. And Skokes does too here in the comments. Uh, once again, subscribe on YouTube, on Tap Sportsnet, get your comments and get your takes in. Uh, we'll drop them in here live on the show. Ron, I've got a couple. A couple of feathers to ruffle here. And one is uh, a response that we got. Um, we posted the video of Connor Bedard's goal that eventually was waved off. And we, you know, said in the tweet below that it was, you know, waved off size, you know, uh, thought it was bullshit. That's just our take on it. Um, we've got uh, the Twitter trolls in the replies. Andy at NHL fan 24 on X uh, in the replies <laughs> says it's the rule you pig. That was quite literally the response to it, even though we already said that. Yes, it was offside. We acknowledge it. The audacity of someone self-proclaimed autograph hawk calling anyone else a pig is just ridiculous. Nice six followers. You absolute loser. 
There's number one on ruffles and feathers. Number two, going a little bit wider NHL. Ron, did you see the news? Shane Pinto suspended 41 games for gambling. They said he did not gamble on NHL action, but um, he, he got that suspension today. And they said he's not going to appeal it because it was something that was kind of mutually agreed upon uh, between the player in the league, right, um, that that all happened. So th- th- that's just kind of the gist of it. But, man, Ron, just when I take a thousand-foot view of this, and I go and look at Shane Pinto, good player, good, good player. I like watching his highlights, especially on, on the fly when the Senators come up there. Uh, useful contributor for them, but... I go and look at it and the absolute irony of a guy being suspended 41 games for gambling when last year he's forced to wear a bet 99 ad on his helmet last year, you know, all season since helmet sponsors are a thing now. Oh, and guess what? If he comes back this year, he's going to be in the spotlight. Everyone's like, Oh, Shane Pinto, you know, halfway through the season. Oh, he's finally coming back. Here's the, you know, uh, return of Shane Pinto. And guess what the image is going to be. It's going to be Betway. That's the new sponsor. They just changed gambling platforms there. Fuck gambling ads. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of seeing all that shit. Saw a great edit today, and I think it was one of those uh, parody accounts, uh, Petrov McGuire, you know, parodying uh, Pierre McGuire. And it was a the, the press release that the NHL sent out, and it said, you know, the same exact text as, you know, the National Hockey League announced today that it has suspended uh, Shane Pinto 41 games for activities related to wagering, whatever. And then on the bottom, they added in the suspension brought to you by FanDuel, Bet365, DraftKings, BetMGM. <laughs> so I just had to get that off my chest, Ron. I hate the gambling ads. If you want to go and gamble on you know, yourself, that's your prerogative. I have no problem with sports gambling itself, but the way that it's creeped into media, every pregame show has a prop of the game and this is that. And, you know, and they talk about it and they try to integrate it. So it's like sort of like feels like it's natural there. It still doesn't feel natural to me. And I fucking hate it. Just talk about the game itself. I, I, I can do without the gambling ads. Yeah. And Johnny, let me, let me further ruffle some feathers with you here because I, I think it's kind of crazy and kind of bullshit where, you know, again, I, I fully support if they want to, sponsor the nhl right or or be and if like an ad on the boards and shit like that whatever fine it, it's good for the league they make money off of it hopefully that continues to grow the game grow the sport great but like a guy can be accused and this is not necessarily hockey but sports in general right a guy can be accused or on video camera of beating the fuck out of a girlfriend or a person or something like that and get what five six games right maybe, did daniel right? sprong even serve a suspension for getting in a bar fight over the summer no no but yet a guy bets on something which is completely or for the most part completely legal and this is where it's kind of shady johnny because the the national hockey league is a national league yet not every state and not every i don't know the canadian rules but maybe not every province in canada has legal gambling yet on sports betting so you're taking money from something that is not federally legal and that you shame your players 41 games. Like it's very um, hypocritical, Johnny. And if anybody knows me very well, and I know you do and, and the boys here at on tap do, I fucking hate hypocrites. That shit grinds my gears. And again, I get it. You need to make money somehow. These are the places that have the money and they want to sponsor and that's fine. But if you're going to make a fucking player wear a bet 99 and a right. Betway ad on his helmet, and you're going to give them a half a season for something when there are severe, worse, very much severe things that athletes have done that get less suspension. It's just, it's very ass backwards, Johnny, when the league is just raking in all this money off it. Now, Oh, they're going to rake in some of Shane Pinto's potential salary too, because he suspended 41 fucking games. Right. It's, 
it, I'm ruffling the feathers of the those that sit in power in the league office. I'm looking at you, you shithead, Gary Bettman, <laughs> that are taking money from this just to fucking penalize people for it. Look at Calvin Ridley. Right. Look at yep. the NFL. He 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 was bl- blackballed from NFL football for like a year plus when guys are literally on camera right hooking their girlfriend in an elevator and get like six games. Asinine, Jonathan. Yeah. Asinine. Yep. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. And on the NHL's front here, my I guess mine would just be the intrusiveness of these gambling companies. And like I said, yeah. the the there it's everywhere. It is quite literally everywhere. Everyone's got yeah. it. And, and I, I under like you understand said, Donnie, the, if you want to bet on sport, I, yeah. I throw Hawks money line in the third period when right. they're down, baby. Like that that's ritual here. But yeah, it eventually the lines that are defining black and white get grayed a little too much. And there needs to be some conversation to clean that up a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we, we can move on from that one. I just wanted to get that one off my chest. Cause that was some hot news here. That's the point of the segment here. Salt shaker goes out to everybody who tried to be a smart. Answer. Well, it was offsides in response to the highlight. It was still a sick looking goal. Um, and you're just jealous. You don't have Connor Bedard. So that's what the salt shaker is for. Pour it out on everybody who replied uh, with that. Well, it was offsides on Tuesday's goal. So let's take a look at what's on tap next year. Obviously we talked about this friday happy hour game it's a 5 p.m puck drop central time uh blackhawks at vegas the 7 0 and 0 vegas golden knights we've already seen them once uh just a little under a week ago for the blackhawks home opener here ron do you see this shaking out any differently johnny you know i hope it shakes out differently in the sense that instead of hanging with the golden knights for 40 minutes they can do it for 60 um that being said it's really hard to go into that building in t-mobile that has developed an incredible environment for hockey uh in a very non-traditional market that's why i think all this non-traditional market bullshit needs to go away if it's a good market it's a good market look at the Tampa Bay lightning they play in fucking florida and that's a good hockey market so everybody with that narrative can go shut the fuck up anyway ruffle some more feathers for you there johnny and add some more salt to the salt shaker but i, I just i really hope johnny they can come out and give a good effort I, like you said I think realistic Blackhawks fans right now are saying this is going to be a tough game to win. Don't get me wrong. If they come out and win, it's going to be fucking cool and tough. But as I want to see them put together a full 60. None of this 40 minutes and then die in the third period bullshit that we've seen now in two consecutive games, really. That kind of happened against Boston, too, even. And obviously against Vegas uh, for the home opener. Johnny, full 60 minutes is what I want to see. I think they got a chance because this is not an easy puck drop for either side. It's right. a very off time. I hope it, it plays to their Hawks advantage a little bit. But that that home home ice advantage at T-Mobile Arena is certainly going to mean something to these undefeated Golden Knights. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, they said all the right things after practice today. It sounded like it was a productive practice overall, uh, just based on all the comments and the videos that we saw from it. But talk is cheap action is what gets the job done so put it into Absolutely. action put put your you know uh, let the actions back up your words that's what i'm looking for on friday and hey even if it is a, a loss at the end of 60 minutes or if it requires more than that um i'll be okay with it as long as the effort like you said is a full 60 and once again going up against a tough team so it, it is hard to sit here and say oh yeah i think the blackhawks are gonna win eight no to be quite honest with you i think they're gonna lose but if they put their money where their mouth is right in terms of backing up their action, then I think it will be a very close game, much like Vegas experience against Philadelphia the other night. Uh, and that was on home ice for them as well uh, with a three, two game in Philly. Hey, they're, they're surprised people early on the season, but I would kind of put them in a vein of, you know, 
they're just kind of a gritty, grinded out, scrappy team, so to say, uh, early on in the season. So I think the Hawks have a chance to at least keep it close there. Not going to go ahead and predict a win, though. Um, after that, Hawks will be on the road Monday in Arizona, Mullet Arena, uh, the college arena down there, ASU. So um, another little chance for the guys to get to bond. Obviously not a super long road trip here. We'll probably be back with you uh, before that puck drop. That's a 9 o'clock, and that's NBC Sports Chicago Plus, one of those pesky games. As always, you can go and find on tipsportsnet.com, uh, the TV channel guide. So, you know, every single game, I got that all listed out there. So, Ron, that'll about do it for season five, episode nine of the Four Feathers podcast. We're going in to Sin City. Give me a final thought and let's get skate on out of here. Johnny, the weekend starts on Thursday. What is better than happy hour hockey from Sin City? Uh, and you know what? I, I know we're being realists and we're not expecting a win, but son of a bitch, a win would be cool to kick off Friday and ultimately and do a, right. a especially pre- since they don't play to again till Monday too. Yeah. I want to little, sit with that all weekend. Yeah. Little, little pre Halloween weekend too, Johnny. So right. all the, all the spooky season festivities will be in full swing. Uh, in my opinion, there's no better way to start off spooky season than giving the Vegas golden Knights their first spook of the season with Ooh. a loss on Friday. So that is my final thought. Hopefully they can pull it out on Friday afternoon. And I'm pumped for five o'clock hockey, Johnny. Being able to yeah. roll onto the couch at 5 p.m. and watch Blackhawks hockey, not having to wait all night for it. Chef's kiss. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. I echo your sentiments there. Uh, last I've got is make sure you're subscribed on Tip Sportsnet on YouTube. Like us on Facebook there as well. That's how you get your comments in here like this. So we can feature them right here. Unfortunately, can't see them from Twitter slash X there. Um, so, that's on tap sports on YouTube and on tap sports on Facebook. Like those join the conversation. And as always give us a follow on the socials at four feathers pod at on tap sports net and check out on tap sports for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. That'll do it for this edition of four feathers podcast until next time. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks, baby.